Kitty Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Ceres Wemke. Siri brings us a refreshing work of creative nonfiction in her first book, Rescue Me's, Finding Herself Midlife, Collecting Way Too Many Cats, Amongst Other Animals. Siri decides to switch careers overnight from special education teacher to director of a nonprofit cat rescue group, a decision that quickly snowballed as the rescue organization, Siamese Cat Rescue Center, gained national attention over the next 20 years with the help of a steady team of 900 volunteers rescued over 13,000 thousand cats. Making every mistake in the book, Siri pokes fun at herself in a lighthearted manner as she learns the lessons of animal rescue the hard way, from handling rifle-wielding hillbillies in the mountains of Virginia to doing the dance of the dead mouse. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll learn something about cats and rescue. Currently residing in Virginia with her husband, Daryl, whom she met through the rescue, several cats, and a dog, Zwemke enjoys gardening, reading, and is working towards her black belt in martial arts. Siri, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Stacy. I'm so thrilled. I'm gushing with lots of questions here to ask you. Uh, Siamese Cat Rescue has been on my radar for many, many years. And so I'm very, very thankful that you joined the organization and has been working with it over the last 20 years or so. First and foremost, tell us, how did you become incredibly passionate about cats and why Siamese cats? Well, I think it was one of those things that I grew up with Siamese cats. My mother had Siamese cats when she was younger, and it just sort of automatically came to me that I would get a Siamese cat as a teenager. That cat turned out to be my first soulmate, if you will, and it kind of became a passion from that point forward. So it was in the family and the tradition was passed on. Yep, yep, that's it. (laughs) And so... I'm really interested in diving into Siamese Cat Rescue, but first, let's talk about Rescue Me's. Why did you decide to write a book? Well, after 20 years of doing Siamese Cat Rescue, we sort of looked back on all of the experiences and how much we learned and all the different cats and people we met and things we went through. And I thought, wow, this really would make a great book, not only in uh, sort of an educational way to help people who are either interested in rescue or cats or Siamese, but also just in a funny, funny stories that maybe at the time weren't so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> looking back are really quite humorous as I stumbled along and learned everything the hard way. So many of these stories were drawn upon your experiences running the Siamese Cat Rescue Center. Yep. So Siri, what sort of role do you play for Siamese Cat Rescue? Are you on the board of directors? Are you the executive director? I'm the executive director um, and founder of the rescue program, which started in 1998, kind of by mistake, um, when I was looking to adopt a Siamese cat, having recently lost one, had several cats, but didn't have a Siamese at the time, and went out to try to find one, got on the internet, and actually found a cat out in Kansas 
Texas by a woman who had a small rescue organization out there that she was adopting out cats. And so I thought, wow, there's a Siamese in Kansas, and maybe I could figure out how to get the cat from Kansas to Virginia. And then it sort of occurred to me, wow, maybe there are Siamese cats in shelters in Virginia. So I made the I don't want to say mistake because it wasn't a mistake, but I <laughs> called up all of the local shelters within probably a hundred mile radius, which was quite a few, and sort of said, hey, I'm looking for a Siamese cat. Do you guys get Siamese cats? And everybody took my name. And then the next thing you knew, I got started getting all these phone calls. Hey, we know about a Siamese cat or we have a Siamese cat. Can you come look at the Siamese cat? And the first lesson of rescue, which I had not yet learned, was you can't take them all. And and so I did. I I took them all (laughs) and kind of became the crazy cat lady with way too many cats. And shortly after that, I sort of realized, wow, this isn't going to work. And, you know, maybe I need to turn this into, you know, a profession or an activity that I'm going to do and start a rescue organization. So it kind of snowballed into this career change. As I was, as you said, I was teaching full time. I was raising my daughter, already had a super busy life. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had 20 cats in my house. Oh my goodness. So. But Siamese Cat Rescue does not have a physical building other than foster homes, correct? We actually do. We put up a small shelter on our property. That's actually kind of a long, funny story, which is detailed in the book. But I had so many cat cages in the house that it was becoming really overwhelming. And I, I again, it sort of snowballed. I didn't realize it would become super popular very, very quickly. And so very rapidly, I had people showing up on my drive driveway at all days of the year on Thanksgiving afternoon wanting to come and play Mm. with the cats and people knocking on my door at all times and the phone was always ringing and every room in the house was filled with cat cages and cats and very quickly I realized this isn't going to work and so we actually put up a second building on our property that we where we could house the cats and so that's kind of the center or the mothership as we call it and then from there we grew into a lot of foster homes throughout the very states that we cover. 900 volunteers. That is an amazing number of volunteers. How do you manage such a large group? It's crazy. Um, we were just were so lucky to tap into a resource of Siamese cat lovers, which we did primarily over the internet, word of mouth, grabbing every adopter who adopted from us and convincing them to get involved and offering a lot of different volunteer positions. So it wasn't just fosters that we needed, but we needed interviewers and we needed crafters. And we started a transport system so that we could move the cats from place to place. So starting with that cat out in Kansas that needed to come to Virginia, we started what was called the Miser Express. And Duke, who was that cat, was the first rider of the Miser Express, which basically works as a relay system where different volunteers take different sections of the trip and they pick up the cat, say at the foster home, and they drive maybe an hour and a half and then pass the cat on to the next driver who, you know, drives an hour and a half and passes the cat on and so on and so forth. And this has allowed us to place the cat up and down the East Coast and throughout our coverage area, most weekends we have transports going in many different directions. 
Have you felt the changes in the impacts with regards to the reductions of the numbers of cats going into shelters, especially in the Northeast and Northwest and some other pockets in the country? Are you finding business a little bit less busy than it was like 10 years ago? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's great right? That's, that's wonderful. I actually just had a conversation with our uh, local animal control officer last week, and we were talking about, you know, hey, it's June, and the shelter is not full, you know, what's going on? And every <laughs> year, and we track all sorts of statistics for ourselves anyway, every year we found that busy season or kitten season, as you want to call it, gets later. Um, so it used to be, we'd see it in April, and then we see it in May, and, you know, this year it's sort of been mid to late June, and so I think spay neuter is working. You know, I think there is that reduction of homeless pets, which is wonderful. So that would bring us to an, another part of the conversation, which we sort of touched upon a little bit before I hit the record button, which is this relationship between shelters and breeders and the fact that because you deal with Siamese cats, you're working with breeders as well as working with shelters, and you're not seeing huge spikes of the specialty breeds because of breeders continuing to breed, you know, and I think it's an, an interesting bridge that your organization plays between the two camps, because I, I really think that shelters and rescues would have a hard time sitting in the same room with some breeders or breeders in general, feeling that they're not on the same mission. But in a way, they may have the same mission because at the end of the day, we just want the best possible homes for these cats or best possible environment for these cats as they live. Do you have any thoughts about this? I think you're exactly right. I think the bottom line, and particularly when you're talking about a purebred cat, so the Siamese cat, you know, has a personality that doesn't mesh with everybody. And of course, within the breed, just like within any breed, there's going to be a real variation in the personality. So I think the the bottom line is that you really have to match what the adoptive family needs and is looking for with the cat. And if you don't do that, I'm afraid that you're sort of contributing to this recycle of animals that get adopted from a shelter and go home and don't work in the home and then get returned or turned into someplace else. So I think it's really, really key to do a lot of matchmaking. And that means that, you know, not every home or adoptive parent is going to necessarily find what they need in rescue. And breeders play a very important function to, you know, not only perpetuate the breed, but also there are a lot of, I think adoptive homes that what they're looking for is maybe more breeder specific and that may be a more appropriate venue for them. So again, we use the word breeder though. And in rescue, you run into a lot of situations which are not necessarily good breeding situations, right? So Mm -hmm. you have somebody who is backyard breeding and, you know, maybe the animals aren't receiving the vetting care and there isn't the supervision of the adults or the parents that they're breeding together and stuff. So, you know, it depends. But I think that rescues, shelters, breeders all really have to work together for the benefit of the cat in question so that you get the good home. And it works the other way around, too. We've had a lot of breeders approach us with cats that maybe they couldn't find an adoptive home for, for whatever reason. Maybe the cat was older, retired breeder. You know, everybody was adopting their kittens, but they had this older cat. And we've welcomed that cat into our our system and been able to find a home for it. So I think it works both ways. 
Do you want to create amazing videos that get animals adopted? Then check out RescueTube, where they've simplified the creation of adoption and fundraising videos. Volunteers and fosters simply upload raw video, and RescueTube turns it into amazing stories set to music. They even post it on your social media for you. Check out rescue.tube to learn more. You know, it's very funny going back to the days when I was running the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society and we would get in a Siamese or we'd get a seal point, you know, various different type of Siamese cats and, you know, they're chatting away with us and stuff. And at that point in time, you know, our adoption fee was, you know, $75 or something, which in our world now in New England is actually quite low. But there was always huge demand for those types of cats. So is it important or is it, I don't know, I would always think about, oh, well, we should make this cat's adoption fee $300 to be able to help offset the dental for the next cat that walks through the door or whatever. But are there things that as shelters we need to know about with regards to the specific breed of Siamese that the breed specific rescues are better equipped to handle? I think the knowledge of the breed is really key. So if we look at Siamese specifically, you've got to have the right home for a Siamese cat. In general, your typical Siamese personality is talkative and active and dog-like and involved and smart and curious and they're not really suited for somebody who wants you know a cat that's just going to hang out on their couch and the person leads a very busy lifestyle and they're not home that much and they travel on the weekends but they want to come home and have a cat Mm -hmm. that's great but that's probably not a Siamese cat and so you know I think it goes back to again the matchmaking you have to educate your general public what the Siamese cat is all about if they don't know and then you've got to make sure that the person who's adopting the cat and again, each cat is going to be different, of course, but are they going to be okay with the cat who's standing outside the closed bathroom door, you know, yowling at the top of their lungs? So I have a question for you in terms of the trends that you've seen over the last 20 years or so. You know, years ago, it wasn't uncommon to see many of these special cats come into us declawed. Has that trend changed? I think that has changed. Um, We still see some of the older cats come in, you know, and that's typically the 13, 14, 15 year old cat whose owner has passed away and they may be declawed, but you're correct. We don't see nearly as much of that anymore. Thank goodness, because the declawed cats that we do get almost always have some behavior issues from that declaw. And what would those types of behavior issues be? We see a lot of declawed cats who are biters or nippers. So they have have, you know, learned that they, you know, need to defend themselves or if they're put in a scary position or whatever, they don't have their claws anymore. So they use their teeth. And we also see a lot of declawed cats come in with litter box issues. As a matter of fact, I have the nicest cat, uh, I mean, almost ever that we've had over at the center and she has been returned four times and she uses litter box fine here. But every time she goes home, we've tried all sorts of different homes for her. It has hasn't worked. She's had litter box issues. And I, you know, have to attribute that to her declaw. We've certainly seen quite a few. I mean, any cat that's been declawed is at risk of having behavioral issues. But yeah, we definitely would see that in Siamese and Persian 
cats that came into us too. Do you have a relationship with the other breed specific rescues that are out there? And are there organizations that are as big as Siamese Cat Rescue Center? You know, I'm not really aware of other ones that have the longevity that we've had. There have been over the years, there was a Persian rescue for a while. There have been a couple of other Siamese and other breed rescues. But typically we focus just on the Siamese. And if someone comes to us, you know, our website talks a lot about what is the Siamese cat? What kind of behavior should you expect? What are you looking for in your cat? And does it match with the Siamese? And, you know, if someone says to us, hey, we're looking for a a very quiet cat that's just going to be a meatloaf on the couch, you know, we may say, well, we are probably not the breed for you. Mm -hmm. I know many years ago, I think there was a Maine Coon rescue that we had utilized a couple of times. You know, they're very active and, and they actually like to be outside a lot and they get upset if they're not. We've used them for barn placements upon occasion and that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to learn the ins and outs of the different organizations. And at, you know, as you develop a nonprofit, you're also thinking about what's my niche or don't feel like you have to be all things to all people. It's how do we serve ourselves to the best efforts. Um, I'd like to go back to Rescue Me's just a little bit talking about your book. Basically, it sounds like there's different stories that you're sharing. For myself as a shelter or rescue or a community cat-oriented person, if if I'm reading that book, what is it that I'm going to end up taking away from that? Well, first of all, I worked really hard to make it very lighthearted. I think a lot of people are sort of worried, oh, it's going to be really sad, all these rescue stories, it's going to, you know, make me cry and stuff. I really worked hard to make it lighthearted by poking a lot of fun at myself and all of the naivety that I had going into this, just not really understanding about rescue and how the rescue environment works and the types of situations I would run into and stuff. So I think that people will come away with a real sort of a good feeling that, hey, you can make a lot of mistakes in life and you can correct them and learn from them and actually develop something that's really pretty cool. I think they'll learn a lot. There's a lot of cat behavior. There's a lot of matchmaking in there. There's a lot certainly about Siamese cats, but I think also just cats in general. And then there's quite a bit about just running a nonprofit animal rescue and what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, there's dead mice under your pillow. And, you know, all sorts of things that you don't expect to happen. As you said, you had cages in your house and it was getting a bit overwhelming. Do you talk at all about like sort of your aha moment? It seems like one of the biggest challenges is being able to know your limits and being able to say no at times or say not right now or say, here's somebody else. Did you have that learning curve? I certainly did. And I had a lot of aha moments in different areas. You know, I had aha moments in handling the volunteers. I had aha moments in, you said, saying no to the cats coming in. Um, I had aha moments when I stood at the end of my very rural driveway trying to sell lemonade or whatever to make money and realize this isn't going to cut it, you know. So there was a lot of a lot of that, and I do detail a lot of that as I kind of learned, like I said, the hard way for sure. <laughs> so if folks are interested in finding out more about Rescue Me's, how would they do that? It's certainly for sale on Amazon, Barnes and Noble as paperback, ebook. I have a Facebook page under my name, Series Wemke Author, which gives a little excerpt from it and talks about it some. And then it's, of course, intricately tied to the Siamese Cat Rescue. You can find me through that as well, which is on, has its own website and, of course, also on Facebook. And then there's rescuemees at I- That And that email works as well, yes. Excellent, excellent. Series 
Siri, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I'd encourage anybody to contact us if you are interested in adopting, if you want to know more about Siamese cats in general, if you have an issue with the Siamese cat. We're very interested in trying to get out into the community via cyberspace to try to help, to work hard to keep these cats in their homes, to provide some mentoring and advice um, and support in different ways. So I hope that, you know, as we look at the changing rescue environment, we look at possibly some new directions that Siamese Rescue may head in, that people think to contact us if they need help and if we can, you know, just talk to them about what's going on with their cat or is a Siamese cat suited to them. Excellent. Well, Siri, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I've really enjoyed it. Stacy. thank you very much for having me, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 